0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Monday Main Point. Well, I guess it's the midweek Main Point now. We uh, we took a couple weeks off from our podcast. Our uh, live stream was actually not working, so we figured it might not be a good idea to uh, bring the podcast if the live stream's not working because we really want to be able to... Uh, be able to offer this podcast as a kind of like a supplement to the sermon. So, uh, do apologize for any uh, technical difficulties and for the delay. But uh, Jeff and I are super stoked to be able to get back with you today on February 15th, 2023. Yes, it's, it's going to be a fun podcast. I was uh I was looking forward to this sermon last week. Uh Jeff, let's just go ahead and get right in. What was a kind of give an overview kind of like of the sermon, why behind the sermon and the title was effective prayer.
1: Yeah, uh, so first of all, when I was watching that game, you know, when DeMar Hamlin got—basically uh, got, got uh, basically he died on the field. Right, and this sermon happened on Super Bowl Sunday, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and so immediately as a pastor, you're thinking, okay, this is something people are interested in, tuned into, and regardless of what happens— um, this 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 will come up somehow in sermons and devotions and things throughout yeah. the week. So, so basically, uh, not knowing the full story, and then as the story unfolds, um, you know, if he would have died and died, that would have been one story. But, but because he, he he came back to life, and he he went to the hospital and th- uh, those two or three days when he's in ICU where they didn't know for sure if he was going to be effective with his brainwave stuff like that, or then he. When he recovers fully, then then all of a sudden you got like, okay, this, and, and with the whole emphasis on prayer, it's like this would be a great sermon about prayer, and it's particularly that verse in James where he says, the effective, uh, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man of much. So much, yeah. so it automatically just lended to um, a sermon, and so... Uh, I knew the Super Bowl was coming up, and so of course everybody's attention's on that. So it's a good connection point in the culture to say, "Hey, this is something we can talk about." So it all kind of worked worked together, where I was able to preach that sermon on Super Bowl Sunday, and show how, uh, you know, how our prayers, you know, now did God did God heal him, bring him back to life because God wanted to, and it brought him pleasure, and it's part of His will. Yes. Um so how does prayer interact with that because I believe that um, prayer had a lot to do with it Uh, even though God could do do it anyway and that's kind of what the scriptures teaches that that God's God but he wants to um, he wants us he invites us to enter in with him to pray and to seek his will and to seek his pleasure so that so that when we do pray it kind of connects with him and then when things get answered then we can say, yes, God answered that prayer. God's real. And so so this this is really a powerful um, act of faith that was just lived out before millions of people. And then in particular, when uh, Dan uh, Orlovsky prayed that prayer during his his network show, and I showed that video at the beginning of the sermon, Yeah, Yeah, where he basically... I mean, it wasn't a, a prayer, like, you know, just general words all. I mean, he prayed an effective prayer. He prayed, a, prayed for Damar and the kind of prayers that we're used to praying when we pray for people. Because you said he's a believer, right? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I was, Um,
0: I'll be honest with, you think about 10, I guess it was about 10 to 15 years ago. And I'm not going to get too deep on this, but when you looked at, like, the NFL and Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. it seemed like, Prayer in the NFL didn't really coincide well together just because of how they treated Tebow. But, you know, I was, I don't know what I was doing that night that DeMar Hamlin got hurt because usually I watch, I'll usually be watching Monday Night Football. But, um, I was, I was pretty amazed to see the, like, the response of everybody, like you were saying. And, like, and you, like, you know, when they're on the field and there you have, like, intentionally, uh, uh, hovered around the guy to make it to where the cameras can't look at it, you know it's pretty serious. Right. And, I mean, you have grown men who bench 350 probably with their left pinky finger
1: right?
0: just crying. Yeah. And uh, when I was going back and looking at, like, some Instagram reels and whatnot, I'm thinking, like, what in the world has happened in this game? And I got a text from my friend saying this dude died on the field. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it was – it was awesome to see, like you were saying, I mean, DeMar Hamlet had millions of people praying for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he said, didn't he say something along the lines of like, it was all worth it looking back because we came together? Yeah, The world yeah, yeah. came so together I, or something that. I made like that. that quote
1: yeah. where he sent out a tweet about uh, how how God brought the world together uh, through prayer. And so, um, so when I actually did... The research on the sermon and researching him, you know, he's a believer. Um, he went to a Catholic school. Yeah, he got recruited. He he had a he had a picture when he was being recruited to play for college. He said, "I'm recruited by Jesus," so he was I you know going to live his faith. And the interesting thing about the NFL because um, when when Tebow would pray because Tebow was real um, he was a, he was a. Uh, 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 he was a superstar from in college Right. got into the NFL and so he was in playing in a bigger market where all eyes were on him and so because he was so um, vo- vocal with his faith they would call it T-Bowen yeah if you knelt down and pray that's called T-Bowen yeah yeah and so it's T-Bowen and town. because of his life story his mother basically was told you're gonna die if you have this baby you need to abort him she said no I'm gonna trust God and he he lived and they did an actual Super Bowl commercial about that. And so he was just caught in the cross crosshairs of the culture war because when I did all my research, uh, the best kept secret about the NFL is every team has chaplains mm. and every team has tons of Christians. And a lot of these colleges, you know, FCA is huge in their recruitment and all. So, so, so for the most part, a vast majority, a, a great number of guys in the NFL are Christians, or at least they, they, uh, claim, yeah, they're playing a little bit. And so, but they're not real, real, uh, outspoken and, and vocal like T- Tebow was. And, um, so all this praying and all on the field and everything was just a natural, uh, outpouring of, of the work of the chaplains and all of, what, what would have happened. And um, and so so it's just interesting how, uh, it, it's, it's an interesting story because the culture of the NFL from a broadcast standpoint and what they're trying to do in the broader culture is basically a, a clash with the Christianity yeah. that goes on, which is kind of like, it's almost like a, a, a modern-day parable or, or a picture of the church, you know, uh, in the in the bigger culture, that we're still supposed to be Christians, supposed still supposed to live out our faith, even in the midst of this culture that's going against everything. So it's very really interesting. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I was a uh, no. I think I think this past Sunday, I think your sermon was definitely a uh, definitely a great sermon for Super Bowl Sunday, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, like we said, it came from uh, James chapter five verse sixteen. I'll go ahead and. Um, I'll go ahead and read it, and really, this verse is in the context of a lot of prayer. I'll read verse sixteen here, and you really focus on the last uh, last half of it. It says, "Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed." The right, the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect, and that's from the CSB version. A lot of the versions might say the prayer of a righteous person avails much, or what was a what was a couple other translation you mentioned? How it might be worded?
1: Uh, well, like the NLT um, says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I like that. So, I like uh, that. And that then that, the the big one, of course, was the Amplified, which really breaks it down. Which was part of the um, uh, bulletin cover, and it says because Amplified Bible basically does what we do as preachers. It kind of takes the word and gives you better. Uh, translation or extended, yeah. Tra- and it goes: the heartfelt and persistent prayer of righteous man, which is a believer in parentheses, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So, so it's it's that connection point between us, our lives, how we're living our lives, and prayer, and then how God works through prayer, but also God works. Uh, according to His will and pleasure in our prayers, and that we're all kind of together with God in this this thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, since we're on the topic of prayer, I found it fitting that we should probably pray during the podcast. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'll go ahead and say a quick prayer for us. Uh, pray, I'll pray for our listeners, and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Lord, we uh, we come to you uh, today, or whenever uh, our listeners might be listening. Lord, and we just thank you for who you are. Uh, thank you for this sermon and how uh, how uh, Jeff uh, talked about how prayer is very. Vital in the life of a Christian. And just uh, help us to see um, our need for prayer um, and our need for you. And uh, we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, your first, uh, first point was this. For prayer to be effective, believers need to pray. For prayer to be effective, believers need to pray. It kind of reminded me like, you know, the first step in solving a problem is like admitting that there's a problem. Well, the first, one of the basic believers that excuse me, one of the basic things that believers need to do is pray. You know, if I was, I was actually at a time with the kids a couple of, I think it was the preschool chapel I was doing. I used the example of, like, my cell phone. And, like, if I wanted to call you or in there, I was talking about one of their teachers. If I wanted to communicate with one of their teachers and we were kind of at a distance, I would just use my phone and I would communicate with them. Well, to me, prayer is kind of like, that mode of, that method of communication that uh, God allows us to have with Him, um, and w- so let me ask you this: for a, maybe if there's a new believer listening, why, why, why do we have a
1: need to pray? Well, uh, like you said, praying is our communication with God. When we pray, we talk to God, but also part of prayer and is stopping to listen, mm. where we can hear from God. And the way we hear from God is. Threefold, uh, the Holy Spirit can can put in our hearts yeah. um, His Word. So something from the Word then could be the answer to the prayer that will jump off the prayer prayer or other people, meaning um, close friends, your wife, your husband, uh, Sunday school people, uh, other people that are in your life that are Christians. Where you're praying about something, they're praying about something. They can kind of give you guidance and give you, you know, how how the Lord's leading. Or it could be someone that's a Christian. Um, that's written a book, or a devotional, or a song, and you know through your prayer life and all, you know, as you're looking for the answer, you're hearing, hearing hearing communication back, and so God uses all those methods: the Holy Spirit, His Word, other believers, and um, other other believers' um, words and music and stuff like that to, to speak to us. So it's basically communicate. It's like you said, if I, if we you and I are both called Tory. And she answered, we'd hear her voice, so right. we knew we were talking to Tori. Yeah. Even though we don't see her. And right. so the same thing with God. Mm. You That's know, good prayers talking to him. Yeah. We don't really see him, but we can hear his voice. You know, even Jesus said, I'm the shepherd and the, the sheep will hear my voice. Mm. And so so that helps you discern from from everything else out there. If you never pray, you're hearing all this noise. But when you pray, then you start tuning out the noise and start hearing what God wants us. Yeah, and
0: I, I like the point you make there because I think a lot of times with our prayers, it can be so like, a, a, for the lack of a better term, like one way. You know, We just pour out everything to God, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I think He actually wants us to do that. But we do have to make time to hear from Him. Yeah. And I think that's where we might not always be the best at. Like, I know, just speaking from personal experience, I know a lot of times I'll say prayers and really, like, taking some time to hear from God Mm -hmm. doesn't even, like, resonate with me. Doesn't even come across my mind. So that's a, I think that's a good reminder for us because when we do have that relationship, and we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. When you do have a relationship with somebody, you should talk to them, you know, like a in any sort of like marriage counseling or uh, couples counseling, one of the biggest things that people talk about is communication with the other person. If, and a lot of times you hear where sh- couples struggles come is really a breakdown of communication. Right. And you know, I kind of I think forces us to ask a question. You know, are there any like breakdowns in our lives because we don't have good communication with God? I mean, he's definitely given us all sorts of methods to communicate with him, you know, through right. like with scripture, like you were saying, through the Bible, through the means of prayer. But we have to we have to hold up our end of the deal on that on that end too. So, with a uh, with that, uh, your first kind of sub point was we need to pray for ourselves. I think that was a good, genuine reminder too, because I think a lot of times, like you look at the, like I think of like prayer lists, our minds are always like other people, which is great. I think that's awesome that we pray for other people, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But sometimes we just need to take our needs to the Lord.
1: Yeah, and so when so to get into the context of that part of that verse I was using, you go back to what James is talking about, and so you remember James is that brother of Jesus. He comes becomes a believer after the resurrection, and um, so he's lived with Jesus and he's watched Jesus, so he understands and knows. Uh, The value of prayer through Jesus, and um, so so James is a good book of like how how to be a practical how to live a practical life like Jesus, and obviously he could tell us that because he was his brother. Yeah, he saw. And so so the first thing he he says is anybody among you sick or suffering, let them pray. So in other words, I don't really need to go. I don't have to go to a high priest to have my prayers and have the high priest preach and pray direct to jesus. Line with God. if i'm a you know if i'm going to this pharisee or this righteous person to pray then um then then what i'm doing is i'm skipping over jesus so i should go just directly to jesus so if i have a need um And that's what that word prayer is, supplication, that I've got to have something, I can't solve this on my own. Somebody's got to supply this need for me. So if I have that, my first option is I've got to go and pray to Jesus. What a lot of people do is they'll uh, make it an option, but maybe like the last option, they'll go and do everything else, you know, and then finally they'll they'll find themselves praying about it. But this should be one of our first options, like, okay, Lord, something's going on in my life. I need you to help me. And then as you begin to pray, then you start maybe doing your research on, you know, like, let's say you got a growth, <clears throat> some kind of growth on your skin or something. Hmm. They're like, okay, I don't know what this is. Y'all are worried about it. So I do all this research, go to all these doctors, do all this stuff first. When I first should say, okay, Lord, I've got something going on. Please give me wisdom, direct me, and that sort of thing.
0: Well, and I think that goes back to, um, I mean, <coughs> I think that goes back to showing us our need for our need for God, because it and it's kind of hard to remember that sometimes because we, you know, especially like in the South, you and me have both grown up like in cultures, you know, in the culture where it's like you know, like pull yourself up by your own bootstraps right, right, right. and like you know, make something of yourself, which in a in a different context isn't a bad isn't a bad thing to do, like in the workforce. But the problem is in spirituality, you can't. Right. You know, the whole purpose of Jesus coming is because you couldn't do what He did. And our need for him is, is so great, and going to him first is so vital because the, the first thing we go to, I think, is a good indication of what we have our most hope in. Right. And I think of um oh. a specific lady in our church who's been a, you know, had, like, health health stuff, and her faith was so evident, like, on Facebook and Instagram and everything this week because you could tell that this, this lady is a praying woman. Right. She knew where her source of hope is right. and um and now, of course she went to doctors, but she knew that uh the ultimate comforter, the ultimate healer is Jesus christ and um and when when you do ask for prayer, you know it's when James is saying here like is any is anyone among you suffering, he should pray, yes, definitely pray for yourself, but allow others you know that's a great thing about Christian community that's why. It's a wonderful thing to be part of a local church because you can have other people who can pray for you. I feel like that's one of those uh, one of those benefits of like church membership, being yeah, a part and, of a body. And like you were saying, the great need to be in a small group is because when you are close and intimate and connect with other people um, through your church, through your small group, they can pray for you. They can go uh, to the you know to the
1: throne of the Father for you and kind of like help intercede for you. Right, and that's the next two points. That lead into that the subpoints. Um, we need other people to pray for us, and then we also need to pray for each other.
0: Right, and uh, I see that uh, you've cross-referenced uh, fourteen and fifteen here. So I'll just go ahead and read this. He says, "Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord." Now, the anointing him with oil is a whole other story for another day. But the whole purpose of, the whole point is others are praying for you. Um, and in verse 15, it says, The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So those are those are some powerful verses right there. There's a lot of, so the
1: first one, pray for yourself. And the other one is, okay, I've done that, but I really need other people to step in because we need people to pray for us. Uh, it's one thing to pray for other people, but it makes you a whole lot more confident when you know other people are praying for you too.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think that's, and I think that's how God's designed it. Like He, He doesn't want us to like go solo, right? In the Christian life, we're we're created for community, and honestly, I mean, you look at the Triune God. I mean, He's existed in community for all eternity, and will exist right in community for all eternity. Yeah, and even With though f-
1: Jesus was God's son, he still prayed to God. Right. So that's even though sh- God knew what he was going to pray. I mean, you know, it's in and the Holy Spirit was there too. So it's all it's all still showing that we're in this thing together. And so when we come in one mind and one accord, then then our power, our prayers have more power. Um uh, mm-hmm. And are more effective.
0: And I'm, I'm reminded of the great <clears throat> high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. He's praying to the Father there, but he also prays for his disciples. And he also prays for disciples in the later years to come. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always found that passage encouraging because I know that, like, Jesus prayed for me. Jesus has prayed for us, for the disciples who would come. So what a... And I don't know, maybe James had that in mind. I have no idea. When he's saying, like, you know, pray for you know, pray for yourself, which Jesus definitely did. He's like, Lord, if it's your will, I would love for this cup to pass for me, right. this cup of wrath that would come <clears throat> upon him. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So he's definitely praying for himself. And he even encourages the other disciples in the garden. He's like, Hey, you should probably be praying right now, because he knew what was
1: coming. Right. And they they all fell asleep. So. Yeah. And he's like this the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak and so again uh, when we pray you, you got to have you got to find some people that you know that are true prayers that you can depend on to pray for you right and I think and I- then if people want you to pray for them you've got to stop and make sure okay if i tell someone pray for them I really need to pray and that's what I liked about Dan Arlovsky's, uh whole point was like you know all these pray for Damar and all these signs and all this stuff's going out and we see it everywhere but i feel led to pray right now and i'm mm. going to pray yeah and so that was the refreshing thing about it is that he actually did pray yeah he didn't ask so for permission. often you know like i said in my sermon you know we're from the south and we say stuff like oh well god bless you or hey how you doing we don't really want you to tell us how you're really doing it's just a <laughs> set thing we say and then a lot of people use prayer like i'll pray for you or pray for me just kind of a it's kind of like a sign off or something like like a tagline yeah it's just something we say but do we really if do we if we really want somebody to pray for us i would specifically say yes please pray for me this is what i want you to pray about and then expect that person to pray and at the same time if i tell someone i'll pray for you then i then usually what i do is i immediately do a silent prayer so I won't be lying, first of all. And then yeah. when, when the person uh, comes back to my mind or they're in my... Uh, I look at, look at them on the prayer list or whatever, that I can pray another prayer for them. You know, it's right. like when we visit in the hospital, we go, but before we leave, we always pray with somebody. Because um, the whole point is, yeah, we want to go in and see how they're doing, but we do want to pray. And it would be almost like... Um, just a social visit if all we're going to do is go visit and then we walk out without praying and so that's the same thing with us when people want us to pray for each other is to make sure we actually do pray and that was the whole point of the whole thing is uh if i want my prayers to be effective then i better pray not just talk about it but actually do it
0: yeah absolutely because i think um i feel like you and me have probably been in the same boat when like somebody comes up and says, hey will you pray for me And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Because, like, as pastors, we get asked to pray for people all the time, which is great. Definitely never, never not miss an opportunity to ask us to pray for you because we'd love to. But I'm going to just be straight up honest. There are some times I have told people I would pray for them. I forget. And they come back, and they're like, hey, thanks for praying for me. Look at what the Lord did. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm a jerk. (laughs) Like, oh, man. Like, you want to talk about, like, some like some guilt that just creeps in just like that well
1: but you can still rejoice that the person you know maybe maybe their thing was it caused them to pray too but that's why we ask people you know to if you have a prayer fill out the prayer card let us know so we can pray pray for someone but also pray specifically so whenever we find out about things uh, as soon as somebody texts me or tells me there's a prayer concern and i find out about it then i'm automatically send a text to our deacons so that their deacons know and then to our staff so we're all understanding and knowing that hey this person has a prayer need and then it gets that opens up that pray for us where it's more than just the pastors it's more than just the person and their family but then it gets other people involved in the prayer so and i think that's the whole point what james is saying here is that um because you know you're dealing with people that were jewish that became believers, whose whole life is one time was all built around the temple, yeah. and and that high priest is the only one that can take your your confessions before God. And he's saying, "Look, it's not like that anymore. Uh, you can come straight to Jesus, pray for yourself. If you need other people to pray for you too, call the elders. They'll anoint you with oil. They'll pray for you. And you know, if if, if you get healed, praise the Lord." Um, and then also just pray for each other. Confess your sins. Like, hey, I'm struggling in this area. So so now we go to Jesus, who's the great high priest. We don't have a mediator in between us and them, but it is good to have, uh, good to have other people interceding. See, so we are called to be interceders. We're not called to be the mediator because he's our mediator, but we do intercede on behalf of other people. And, and so, uh, again, that, that just brings that whole connection point and then, when you see DeMar's story, when people all over the world, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, prayed and a lot of people didn't, a lot of people just said it and a lot of people meant it. Uh, a lot of people showed their uh, support for him by giving money to his foundation, you know, which he didn't really ask for that. People just started doing that. Uh, So everybody responded in a different way, but the people that were sincere and earnest and his family was, and they acknowledged the fact that we're here because you guys prayed and he's alive because you prayed. And even he admitted, I'm here, you know, look what God's done through all this. And how the outpouring and bringing people together kind of answered that prayer.
0: Yeah, and you see really with DeMar's story, I mean, people prayed. I mean, there was a sense of like, uh, it was very fervent. And that's going to take us to uh, your next point, and that was this. For prayer to be effective, believers need to pray fervently. I mean, you saw that with DeMar's story, and I think that shouldn't just be with DeMar's story, but that should be like uh, uh, definitely within the local church. I mean, imagine, imagine how the Lord would work through not just our church, but through local churches in North America if we fervently prayed for lost people. Yes, if we fervently pray for each other, show genuine love, because uh, Jesus says they'll know that um they'll know that you're my disciples if you love one another, and that one of the best thing that I think the best thing you can do for somebody is to pray for them, because I know um I think we've talked about this on the podcast, especially when uh, Jeremiah and Jonathan were here, is like a lot of times people are like, well, the least I can do is to pray. Well, I think honestly the most you can do for them is to pray.
1: The most important thing is pray. And so when we pray, uh, the two sub points was to expect prayer to work, that I'm not just saying a bunch of words to the air. There's actual meaning to them and and that God's going to work through 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 the prayer. Right. Uh, as long as I meet the conditions and I'm righteous, which I'm, I'm a believer in him, and I've confessed my sins so there's no barriers. And then we also uh, need to pray expecting that God will work. Um so, so then, then you're like, okay, I'm saying this, because per- I'll be honest with you, I've had people like, uh, one person in particular, this, this lady that went to our church a long time ago, um, she, she was in a situation, similar situation, in the ICU. The doctor said, there's nothing we can do. And, uh, and so I was with her mom, and I prayed with her mom, and I left the hospital that day. And so I was expecting a, a phone call, in a couple of days saying that she passed away. Right. Well, I never heard anything. And so I was going back to the hospital to visit somebody else. Oh, I need to check on see what's going on. And lo and behold, the mother was the only one that said, no, I'm going to keep praying for her. Mm. And so the mother prayed for the girl to get better. And the girl actually got better. And and the doctors and me and everybody else had already I'd already like started working on a funeral like hey I need to start right. thinking about this this girl's gonna die and I got to get get my mind around doing this funeral, but she survived and she's still alive today, and and you know every time I see her mom you know I see that woman I'm like yeah the effect of fervent prayer of that righteous woman availed much with her daughter because her daughter was able to live so. So that so when you see things happen and you can only attribute it to God, then, mm. then you realize, okay, when I pray then, I can expect that my prayer is going to work, but also I can expect God's going to work through my prayer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, I guess you could call it an illustration. You said uh, your mother-in-law prays for you like every, every yeah. Sunday or sends you a text message every Yeah, every so Sunday, every yep.
1: Sunday morning um, when she gets up before she goes to church, yeah, and uh, she'll send a text. 'Cause uh, my my brother in law was actually a pastor too. Okay. So sometimes she'll send me one just specifically to me, a lot of times just us together. But she sends a prayer to us every single Sunday morning. So so and it's an encouragement and it's not just a general, Hey, praying for you today. It's specific prayers like praying that God will use your words today or Pray for that that revival will come to your church, and like just all kind of different kind of prayers that that are real genuine and sincere. So it's an encouragement because a lot of times you you know to tell you the truth when you're a pastor, uh, you don't know if people are praying for you or not. Yeah. And sometimes you get up there and you feel like, okay, am I in this, am I in this all by myself? So it's good to have other people. And so when we come to worship and all, that's one important thing is to make sure you're praying. For yourself, as you go in into worship, praying for other people that may be there. When you get there early, maybe you're sitting there, look around. Start praying for people and mm-hmm. then just pray that God will prepare our hearts and then pray for the worship team as they lead and then pray for the pastor. Like, okay, I really pray that the, the Holy Spirit will work through our pastor today. So, so all of it, again, is all working together. So if we come to church, we really don't expect the prayers to work. We don't expect God to work. And we haven't done anything, we haven't prayed, we haven't asked, then why would we expect anything to happen?
0: Yeah, and honestly, and I'ma just uh, here's my hot take for the day. I think that might be why Christianity's kind of been on a decline in America. We don't really expect God to work anymore. We right. don't we don't expect our prayers to work anymore. One one prayer that I I try to pray every every week, at least weekly two, three times, four times a week, is, Lord, I pray... With me being over children and um, doing interim youth ministry for right now, is, Lord, please choose to do a great work in our kids' ministry and through our student ministry. And I'm not going to lie, every single week, the Lord shows me at least one way how he's answering that prayer. Now, I'm sure that he's behind the scenes doing a thousand other things that i'm not even sure of we're not even sure of we might not ever see but when i use that as an encouragement to say not to toot my own horn or anything but to show that there aren't there's a lot of sundays where i've been praying that the kids are asking good questions that week uh one of them says they want to be saved we um We've got a lot of people who are getting baptized coming up, and um, we look. Uh, don't know what Siri was. I guess Siri was listening in right there. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, totally lost my train of thought. Praying, yeah. So with that, the Lord, the Lord works. The Lord hears your prayers. As a country music fan, I know Garth Brooks had a song called "God's" or called "Unanswered Prayers." Yeah, thank God for unanswered yeah. prayers. Yeah, God's greatest gift are are unanswered prayers. Very catchy, good song. Terrible theology. No, not necessarily. Well, I I mean that in a sense of there. I don't if think, you're
1: praying against God's will. And yeah. his Pleasure. Yeah, I'm glad the prayer didn't get answered. Well, don't get me wrong.
0: I... Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm very thankful that God didn't answer some of my prayers the way that I right, wanted Him right, to, right, but He right. definitely answered. Yeah, so He's still going to answer. The answer right. may
1: be no, but it's still
0: answered. Right? Because looking back, I prayed for girlfriends that I should not have prayed for. Right, and, and that's kind of
1: what that song's about. Right, and God didn't answer the prayer because he have been with somebody you shouldn't have been
0: with. Right, and that's just that was really the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> it might be other, uh, you know, there might be other things in your life too, but, yeah. um. Jesus says, ask my name and it will be given to you. What that means, if if the whole purpose is to bring glory back to God, he'll definitely answer your prayer. And as Christians, our whole mindset, whole idea of the Great Commission is to go make disciples. Like, God wants to work through you. Sometimes the biggest barrier to God working, I think, sometimes can be Christians because of disobedience. And it's my prayer that... That wouldn't be true of us. Wouldn't be true of Rose of Sharon. Wouldn't be true of the churches in the North Durham area. Churches all around the world, because God is doing a. I mean, you look at, you look at how Christianity is growing over in the East, China, India, Africa. Uh, those people pray like there's no tomorrow, mm-hmm. and they are some of the most persecuted, most wanted. And they live in the worst situations known to man. They've seen persecution before their eyes. They've seen ISIS go ahead people on a beach. They've seen, you know, Somalis uh, killing people, you know. But it, they use that to go to God even more. Mm-hmm. And you know that they pray well because you can see God working through them. And I think he would do the same thing in the, for the church of the Western Hemisphere. Honestly, if we had the audacious faith that they do. Because they know that prayer works. They know God wants to work through them. Um, and like, as, like when I first got here in the children's ministry, I wanted to expect God to work. Because I'm thinking, well, if the Lord's put me here um, for however long that might be, If God's put me here, then obviously he wants to work in children. Jesus says, if scripture's pretty clear, let the little children come into me. Jesus loves children's ministry. I think churches should love children's ministry. So if we're here, I know that God wants to work. And as more like a personal side, I I didn't see a kid get saved like in my first year here. And I'm thinking like, man honestly it got a little discouraged for me personally hmm. um because i'm like man i've been here i've been here like almost a year and a half and no kids have gotten saved i'm not gonna lie it's kind of feeling like a failure because <laughs> i'm like you know like like lord what are you doing but eventually in lord's time one got saved january of 2021 another august 2021 and we look at um, what the Lord's done not just in kids, ministry, but even some adults that's, some new adults that's come to church. We had a Sunday last year, we watched seven baptisms or something like that? Mm-hmm. And something that I really loved about it, it wasn't transfer membership. Right. It was genuine conversion. Which um and so you see that the Lord the Lord works and that's the thing I think of like the parable of the persistent widow. Um I mean, for years and years and years, this this widow cries for justice. And she pesters the snot out of this judge. Which, in that context, what Jesus is saying is like, you've got this real lowly woman who this judge should not have even considered. But because of her pestering him, he's like, all right, I'm just going to grant you what you want. And the whole point is, well, if that unrighteous, that wicked judge did that for the widow. How much more will a loving father, a loving God who sent his son to die for us, answer our prayers that will glorify him? Right. And um, and it's just, a, I will say, when it comes to expecting God to work, knowing that God will work, it is a wonderful thing to partner in him in the ministry of prayer, in the Great Commission, because nothing... I, for just as a young pastor, and you might feel the same way too. For me, when watching God work makes the hard days worth it, right? And I mean, to me, it's like watching God work covers weeks of uh, you feel like nothing's going on. I mean, you know, it provides encouragement for me for like six months or something, you know. Um, and to bring it to kind of draw to a close here, um. To draw to a close, with, with expecting God to work, um, if you're kind of feeling like you're down and out, just know God wants to work through you. Jesus died for you, and the whole point of Him dying, being buried, rising again, and then ascending up into heaven and sending the Holy Spirit into to dwell in our hearts is to work through us he wants to work through you so take take encouragement to that today because he wants to work through you um, real thankful for how the Lord's working through our church working through Jeff working through the youth and children's ministries and just our people here um, it's a uh, it's it's fun to watch the Lord
1: work Jeff any last thoughts before um before we close out well and just the last thing was you know uh, with DeMar's situation I, I kind of closed it out that You know, here a young man was dead on the field. People began to pray. The people began to work on him. He went to the hospital. Prayers went up because it was a desperate situation. And so, what we need to do in our spiritual life is realize that there's Damar Hamlins all around us and they're dead. They need to be brought back to life. And the only way they can do that is through relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, um, if you have children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, they don't know Christ. You got co-workers friends family members Um, who knows but maybe your prayer if you get serious about it and you look at that person and start praying fervently for them who though who knows that maybe God will answer that prayer and that person will come to know him but a lot of times we think uh, well that person may not be interested or they're they're just too far gone from God whatever if we have that attitude yeah he's not gonna if we don't expect expect him to work then he's not going to so i would just encourage people to keep praying keep praying keep praying Um, sometimes there's been stories of women and men that have prayed for children grandchildren great-grandchildren for many 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 years they go on to be with the lord and then finally that prayer gets answered so you may never see the answer here on this earth but but just know that those prayers are heard and that god will answer them and, and if you expect him to, then, then maybe that would be, give you a little bit more fervency in your prayer life.
0: Yeah, um, and I know I just talked about closing, but, you know, the old joke says Baptist preachers get about three closings. <laughs> so um, I I was kind of reminded of a story I heard over at seminary when uh, Dr. Aiken was preaching. Dr. Aiken's the uh, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary where Jeff and I both have uh, graduated and where I'm still attending. Um his wife, Charlotte, and I don't mind saying because he made it public, grew up a lot like in um, children's homes growing up. And her, I can't remember if it's her, I think it was her mom. Uh, they had prayed for her for years and years and years, and she wasn't a believer. And the time came to where death was death was knocking on her, her mom's door. I mean, they, and when I say years, I'm talking about 40, 50 years they've prayed for this woman, and, um, well, Charlotte, you know, his wife been praying for 40, 50 years. Well, they were, I think they were somewhere at the time, and uh, he actually calls his friend Dr. James Merritt down in Georgia, and he's like, hey, uh, her mom is dying, do you mind going and seeing what God can do, just share the gospel with her. And he's like, yeah, I've got a, I've got a trip I'm taking tomorrow, so when I come back out on Friday, I'll go and see her. And so they hang up the phone, and uh, James Merritt actually is like, well, there's not a chance that she'll live till Friday. I should probably go see her today. And he goes, and right before she passed— he shares the gospel with her gives her life to Jesus and then you know a few few minutes later a day or so maybe later she she passes so that was a that was one of Dr. Aiken's illustrations of showing how you might be praying for years and years and you feel like you know they might not meet God if he, they met him in a broom closet <laughs> i mean but Showing how persistent prayer and how the prayer of a righteous person does avail much. It's a. I wanted to kind of leave you with that story at the end because I know me personally, I've praying for somebody to be saved. I pray for years, and I'm sure, and I know you've got some people you've probably prayed for like that. So keep praying, pester God, and know that He's
1: going to work, and know that. Uh, well, yeah, and like merit be the answer to the prayer too. Yeah. You may be sure. the one that leads the person to Christ.
0: Yeah, you might be the answer to your own prayer. Yeah, yeah you never know. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh we, we have about us, what you're preaching I remember Jeff Moss is coming Yeah, to Jeff's coming.
1: I don't know what he's gonna preach on, but it's gonna be good. So come Sunday morning. Uh also come Sunday night, they're gonna share their ministries with FCA, which we talked about earlier, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, pouring into the life of young people in, in middle school and high school um and then um uh then then they're also going to share you know how their prayer was not answered the way it, they wanted they wanted their mm. son to be healed but yeah. god took him to be with him so he's got complete healing now mm. so they're going to talk about how god has been uh, comforting them during this process of grief so it should be real interesting uh do want to encourage if you can give a give a love gift to them uh you can give it online you can give it just write moss in the section on the special section of the envelope and and put that in the plate when you leave. Uh, If you want to bring them a card, uh, you can just give directly to them. You can give them a card uh, as well on Sunday. So we, and we will have a reception afterwards on Sunday night. It starts at six and then we'll have a uh, kind of a fellowship where it gives us an opportunity because we couldn't be there during the funeral to kind of be able to minister to them so I do want to encourage y'all to come and be a part of that
0: yeah absolutely uh it it will be a blessing for you for sure so don't miss out he was a former uh, former youth minister here mm-hmm. so um i know from a Definitely from a lot of people He, uh, he was definitely loved while he's here And we're uh, we're excited to get to love on his family A little bit more this week So come out and join us We'd love to have you Sunday 10am And Sunday night at 6pm So we're looking forward to seeing you Praying for you this week Let us know how we can pray for you And if you've got any questions or comments Feel free to get in touch with us Through our church office phone number My email, Jeff's email um, Just however We love you And we hope you have a great rest of your week And we'll see you on the next one So long uh,